This is the Horse Radio Network. When is it appropriate to speak out on social media? We'll discuss the pros and the potential pitfalls. Also, cannabis is medicine for humans now, and also for horses. Go figure. Ever wonder what it's like to show in the hustle and bustle of a downtown city? Us too. From Heels Down Magazine, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Sally Swickard. I'm Jessica Payne, and welcome to episode 33 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hello. How are you guys? I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Good. So, So, Justine, you have a cool drink from, I think, the Facebook group. Somebody left us an awesome drink on there. Thanks again, guys. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This is a really, really good one, too. I can't wait to try it. So let me hear about it. Carly posted this picture. I love... Okay, so first of all, I love our Facebook group because people can ask all kinds of questions about horses, tack, everything you can imagine about being in the barn. But then they can also post like shameless pictures of their alcoholic like beverages. (laughs) And (laughs) I love it. And it's still like a support group. So Carly posted this picture of a drink she calls the Bulvedere, right? I think that's right. And it is equal parts Campari, bourbon, and in sweet vermouth and she uses a slice of orange as a garnish and it's twisted and rimmed with the orange and it just looked delicious and i actually tried this one and it is just as delicious as it looks so you have to like bourbon like it's got it's got like a good not overwhelming bourbon taste but it's just you know if you like bourbon you'll really appreciate this one. Oh, perfect i love some good bourbon I was going to say it fits right in with our groups. (laughs) (laughs) And how much bourbon did you drink while you were in Iceland? Any to keep warm? Well, I definitely drank to keep keep warm in Iceland, but bourbon is definitely not the liquor of choice there. So they actually, they have their own liquor, Icelandic liquor, and it's called uh, Brevenin. Oh, what does it taste like? It's just about, it. it's up there with Fernet and how terrible it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with you and trying terrible things? Well, uh, I was in another country. country. I wanted to try it. I still drank plenty of it. Like, don't let me fool you. It was awful and I still drank it. But because we... <laughs> I know you weren't drinking. You weren't drinking to stay warm because I saw these pictures of this amazing product that it was, I mean, I don't even know it's a product. It was this jumpsuit that you were wearing. You've yes. got to tell me about this jumpsuit. So I don't want to get, I don't want to give too many details away because I am going to review it like at length in a future episode. So you guys are okay. going to have to tune in. So yes, I was drinking in Iceland, but I was very lucky that I had this beautiful jumpsuit to keep me warm because it was freaking cold and the weather changes like crazy fast in Iceland. Like it would be sunny and then 20 minutes later it'd be windy and sleeting and like all of a sudden the temperature would drop 10 degrees. So I took a jumpsuit with me from Redding Goat. I don't know if you guys are familiar familiar with this company, but they make, I don't know, ice, ice snow ski. Just Sally, I don't know if you guys have ever skied, but it reminds me of a, of a ski outfit. It's like, like a, a ski waterproof. suit or something, right? Yeah. It looks like, yeah, it looks like a one-piece ski outfit. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it feels like, but it's it's got way more flexibility in that you can move around in it more. You know, like where you wear too many layers. And then uh-huh. you put your waterproof ski suit on and you're like a snowman. A marshmallow. Can't yeah. <laughs> Michelin man. What I, lo- <laughs> what I loved about the Redinga is that it is very elegant and it's cut for women. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't look 
stupid on you. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt like it fit me very well, though I did get a size up higher than I normally would. And I'm really glad I did. Um, but it was wonderful. It kept me warm. Um, it kept me dry. I rode Icelandic courses in it for hours all across lava fields. And it was, I'm so glad I had it. It was perfect. So if you live in a really cold place and you have to wear a lot of layers to ride in the winter, I totally recommend one of these. Um, and they're, they're perfect for being outside. It's waterproof. It's breathable. Most importantly, it's insulated from head to toe. So you are definitely warm. Um, and you could put, it fits right over like your tall boots. It fit, you wear breeches underneath it. Like it fits right over your normal uh, riding clothes. So we will stay tuned because I'm going to talk to you more about this because I love it just that much. But in the meantime, if you wanted to get one of your own, you can visit Redding Goat equestrian.com all right guys so it's time for news uh jess why don't we start with you because you're about to embark on a uh pretty cool journey with doug right i am so this next week we leave for bucalo actually this weekend we leave for bucalo and then we're off to Le leon and not to take away from bucalo it's going to be a lot of fun but we are going to Lay Leon for the seven-year-old world champions like championship. And Doug is riding a horse that we bought as a yearling. And so, or basically like a weanling. We bought him when he was like seven or eight months old from a breeder in the US. So we've oh, had awesome. him. Yeah, so it's fun. Like he's kind of we called him baby quantum growing up. We've had him forever. He's gone everywhere. You know, we bought him when we lived in Jersey and he's made the trek with us to all the different other states that we've lived in. <laughs> and he always just is kind of this like gangly little baby. I mean, we called him the baby. So it's fun to see him grow up and he's matured and his flat works unbelievable these days. So I'm really excited to kind of go on this journey with him to the world championships for world world breeding championships and it's in Le Leon, France. And we're able to do this because he was the top placed he he didn't win the 5-year-olds in for in Fairhill a couple years ago, but he was the only one still doing the CCI 2-star level and he's the highest placed one. And so we ended up getting the whole camp Turner grant that allowed us to go over there. That's really cool. That's so awesome. I mean, how cool, especially on like your, on your baby horse, you know, on our baby horse. So, and the breeders, a U.S. breeder. So there's like, you know, some, a little bit of a relationship there with us. Like we've bought four horses from her. So she's actually going as well to represent like being the breeder and, Yeah, it's just going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really excited that it's something that, you know, not many people can say that they've brought a horse up from being, you know, a baby all the way up to now the seven-year-old world breeding championships. That's really, really impressive. Um, So yeah, yeah. he's, he's, he's a lot of fun. Like he's a cool horse. So we're really excited. So he and Getaway are going over to Europe. So we're really excited. It's a big trip. I know, and I can't wait to hear all about it when you guys get back. I well, I'm gonna do the podcast from Le Leon. Yeah, oh, cool. So yeah, so stay tuned. Well, I'll still be there, but my news is that we're going and that we'll be there in a couple of weeks. You're gonna have to find us some good drinks while you're over there because 
it's acceptable to drink wine at many hours of the day there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I drink more than just wine at all hours of the day. There. I mean, we are going through Amsterdam on our way. Oh, that's so right. You are. I've yeah. always wanted to go there. I've never been. So yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited. I mean, I do love, I obviously love the U.S. and Canada, but my favorite country is France. So I'm really excited that we get to go back. Awesome. Yeah. So Justine, what do you have for us? Oh, I've got the best story. Like, this is one of my, like, top three news stories I've ever brought to the show. So I hope you guys are ready. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I hope you're ready. Hi, man. It's amazing. So it's a little old, but I I just, I keep reading it because I love it. So um, a couple weeks ago, a great grandmother in Texas. So just imagine this little old lady in Texas um, has been so upset because she couldn't figure out what happened to her mini horse that, that she loved so much. And then she decided that it must have been this 12 foot, 580 pound gator that must have eaten her mini horse on her <sighs> ranch, like outside of Houston. And so Shut she was up. so upset that she lost and she lost the mini horse years ago. And she never, you know, it's like losing part of yourself, losing an animal that you love. And she never let it go. So finally she, got a chance to get back at this damn gator and she did she shot it with a gun and killed it wow that's badass when did the mini die it says the mini died years ago so um like a quote from like she's in quoted in the dallas morning news and she's saying we think this gator uh, maybe i could try to do it with a southern drawl we think this gator ate one of our miniature horses several years ago. That was a really terrible Texas accent. <laughs> as big as this gator was, he could have easily eaten it. So that's so sad. So years ago. So think about it. Like, knowing that the the killer of your mini horse has been living on your property for years. Well, finally, she got, she basically got revenge when she shot it with her twenty-two Magnum. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, her grandkids call her Nana, so you go, Nana. <laughs> I support you. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a gun person, but I support Don't mess this. with Nana. Don't mess with Nana. <laughs> All right, Sally, what do you got? Can you beat Nana? Uh, I don't think I can beat Nana with a Magnum 22, but I do have another badass lady. Her name is Laura Graves, fresh off of a great showing in WEG at WEG. She's now, she and Verdadis, I'm sorry, I never pronounced his name right, Verdadis, are now number one in the world, according to the latest FEI rankings. So that is, I don't know. Oh my God, that's incredible. I know. Like, I can't, there's, she, it was really cute. Um, She posted a video on her Instagram yesterday and she, and Diddy is her, his barn name. Um, we're sharing champagne in celebration. It was adorable. Shut up. <laughs> That's the cutest thing. And she's winning by like one point. Yeah. Like over Isabel Worth, yep. um, who I Which... think has been number one for, you know, a long time, but Anyway, so in other like the other part about this that's cool is that um, she, this is the first American to achieve that top ranking, which I actually didn't know. I didn't actually realize that it would never happen for an American before. So that's like really big news. I had no idea. There. That might beat Nana just in cool points at least, but like pretty awesome. Absolutely. Good for you, Laura. Good for you, Laura. Go girl power. So anyway, we also have just 
launched our October issue. And so this is going to be a shameless plug for that because you guys should really go and download or subscribe to Heels Down Magazine. Um, You can do that by downloading the free Heels Down Magazine app, and then you can choose to subscribe to all of the issues or just download one. Um, But if you're to download one, download October. We've got a rising eventing star. His name's Canyon Walker. He's from Florida. He Um, is the nicest person too. The nicest nicest person. And honestly, this is one of my favorites stories we've ever published in the Thanks. magazine it's, was, just, it's just a really great one it yeah. is i was so excited to see him on the cover i was like yay he's yeah so, he so, so deserves it but absolutely you know, you know you guys have to read the story to get the full scoop on everything but he's also a high school football star so he's got a lot of different options that he can kind of go go with for the, his future so but such a well-spoken, mature kid. I mean, he's 17 years old and you would never, if you ever have a chance to talk to this kid, like you're, he's going to have all these random people like at horse shows, like, hi, oh, I'm no. supposed to talk to you. <laughs> the yeah. girls told me to. <laughs> <laughs> the girls said it was okay. But no, he's so nice and like, so like mature beyond his years. Like I was had so much fun writing this story. So do me a favor, go read it. You can uh, you can download the app just by going to bit.ly slash HD brief. Um, I'm sorry, that's not even the right thing. That's all the Heels Down Brief, which you can also subscribe to. It's our weekday newsletter that goes out via email. So subscribe for that. That is free if you have not already. So Sally, I saw your Instagram story today, yesterday, one of these days. days ago, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah. Last um, time I posted. Something, yeah. And you were reading a new book and uh, I was really intrigued by the cover art. Um, it's <laughs> a, book, a book called Blaze of Glory. Are, are you done with it? Tell us about it. Oh my gosh. So I've been reading it. So I've made it a goal while Kyle was gone that I was going to do more reading and less watching like Grey's Anatomy. So I Good decided. Yeah. So, so here's my thing is I I'm reading one like regular book a week if I can, if I have enough time to get through it. And then I read one like smart people, like I just finished one on like productivity. So like I read another like smart book in between so that I can read like chick books and not feel bad about it. So that's kind of my justification. So I just started reading this book called Blaze of Glory. It's by author her name is M. Garzon is what she goes by. So I have to preface this by saying that I normally really don't enjoy horse books because they're full. Like the biggest thing is like watching a bad horse movie when they have their reins upside down and it just, that's all you can focus on is the reins being upside down. You know, it's like that. So when you read the horse books, like I grew up on the thoroughbred books and the saddle club books and that was pretty accurate, you know, so I get spoiled and then down the road, I read these other books and I'm just like, wait, you can't do cross country and then go do a reining competition. Like that's not the same. No, you know, like it's just, (laughs) you can't do that. Um, So anyway, long story short, I picked up this Blaze of Glory book. It's a series. It is is a young adult book, but I'm down with young adult books because I think if the the writing is good and the storyline's good, it's a nice quick read. Um, And that's kind of what this is. It's it's about this um, teenage, I think she's about 17 when the book starts. She's a show jumping writer and she had her mother passed away when she was younger. So she's been raised by her stepdad, she and her twin brother. Um, and so it's a really kind of a coming of age story about, and it, there's a lot of romance involved in it too. Not it's, it's an interesting romance too. I'm not going to give away too much of it, but so you have a little bit of that element, but the coolest thing for me is the horses are kind of interwoven into the story, but it's all very accurate. Like you don't have somebody putting a Western saddle on to go to a jumping show or, you know, something like that. It's, it's very like, it's, you know, she goes to this, by a horse person. Yeah. You can tell that this yeah. person isn't like completely ignorant to horses, which is really refreshing. <laughs> totally. So 
Yeah. So, I mean, it's, um, it's a good book and it's, it's not like a super quick read because like, there's a lot of different subplots and a lot of different things that happen to this girl. And it's kind of like, man, this girl like just can't catch a break, but you really kind of end up really wanting to know what happened. So I was super happy when I um, was able to finally sit down and read it. And now I want to pick up the next cup. I think it's a trilogy or it's a series. So I want to get the next copies too, because it's, I'm pretty excited now that I've actually found a horse book that I like. So anyway, you can find the book on Amazon. If you search for blaze of glory or M period Garzon, G-A-R-Z-O-N. Um, and then we'll put a link in the show notes too, so you can find it too, but it's definitely worth picking up, especially if you're a horse person, a uh, horse book person, and you enjoy reading a little bit of romance on the side too. Cute. I'm excited to try it. Yeah. All right. So we do have another very exciting guest with us tonight. Before we get to that, I just wanted to mention one of our brand partners is Equine Edibles, and they are sponsoring this next segment. Um, So Equine Edibles is a really cool company. They make a lot of different products like treats and mashes. The brand mashes in particular are what I really enjoy using because they have different flavors, which is cool for the picky eaters or if you have a horse that you have to feed brand mash to. It's just a really nice variety. Um, and That's you can really get, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, because normally you just get a bag of plain mash, and you're like, yeah, and it's gross. gross. Yeah. Um, so this gives you, and they even have like for the holiday season. I think they come out with like a candy can, candy cane brand mash, which is kind of cute. So anyway, it's a cool company. They have a lot of cute things, and they're all really affordable. We actually have a special deal going on this month. Um, you can enter code Heels Down on their website, which is equineedibles.com. And you can receive 25% off your order. So that's good for this month. That's huge. And yeah, I know. It's like normally those discount codes, like sometimes you get like 5 or 10% off. That's like a big percentage. So definitely take advantage of that. So without further ado, I just want to introduce today's special guest. I'm super excited to welcome Matthias Tromp. He's a 23-year-old Grand Prix show jumper who has been riding horses since he was old enough to get in a saddle. He won team gold twice at Young Riders and then turned to a pro. He runs Bayart Farm in North Salem, New York with his sister, Emmy. And just this past weekend, he was third in the American Gold Cup. So that's huge. So welcome, Matthias. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on. Yes, it's super exciting that you had such a great result at the Gold Cup. And I know one of the things we wanted to chat with you as a past competitor at the Washington International Show is kind of just how they run that. But I mean, how was that that third place this past weekend? Can you run us through like how that felt? I think anytime you do well and you have a and you have a podium finish in a Grand Prix, I, I think it's always exhilarating. You yeah, know, there's so much time and effort that goes into it. It's kind of the big payoff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just thought that it was cool because I, you know, I'm an eventer. I know Jess is an eventer, but she dabbles in the show jumping as well. But I'm honestly just like so ignorant to all of the shows that you guys have to go to. I mean, the travel alone, I think you said you're going to Ohio this weekend. I mean, is it a lot to manage with your string? I mean, tell me a little bit about all that. For sure. Managing a string is, is difficult, uh, you know, having horses, uh, to show at enough events and also being able to give your horses enough time off and, uh, and, you know, the breaks that they need in order to recover. I think the hardest thing this year for me has been traveling. Traveling has been uh, a bit of a headache, to be honest. I bet. Do you have any travel trips like t- or tips that you picked up along the way, like certain things you do now to make <laughs> make it go smoother or at least like keep you sane during all the travel? <laughs> Well, you know, I've probably spent about 300 hours this year alone driving the truck and trailer. So, oh my gosh. Uh, wow. I think the biggest <laughs> tip that I have is don't think too hard about where you're going. 
<laughs> and how long you have left in your drive. Yeah, don't think about it. You'll go crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I have a question for you. I'm um, from a decent sized family and work a little bit together with them, but nothing in a professional manner. So how is it kind of running a business with your sister? Uh, it's fantastic. I think running business with family, although it has its own difficulties, you can always count on those people to be in your corner. Absolutely. Um, it's a different level of trust that you that you have with the people around you. And I think that's invaluable. Good point. So do you guys ever bicker? <laughs> oh, all the time. <laughs> Speaking of, of which. You. She's my sister. <laughs> oh my God. Is she older or younger than you are? She's older. Okay. And she so, comp- she competes too or no? Yes. Okay. Huh. That's cool. Yes. I don't think I've seen that dynamic too much. You see a lot of the husband and wife couples or whatever, but you don't see too many in the family running the business together. That is cool. You see it a little bit here and there, but yes, it's not, it's not super common. Do you guys kind of pick your, I know it's always, you know, dependent on the horses and where you are in the time of year, but do you try to go to the same horse shows or do you try to go to different ones? Like to go to the sh- same shows when we can, you know, we're able to give each other a little bit more support if we're in the same location. But, you know, at, at times I end up just traveling much further than. Yeah. than she ideal. has to. Yeah, it's ideal for uh, many of our clients and uh, logistically sometimes it's difficult. Speaking of logistically, I always love to hear how kind of people have dealt with the travel and in and out of, we talked about a little bit, Washington International, Big the Horse Show. What is it like to kind of compete in the middle of Washington, D.C.? It's already one of the biggest cities and then throw in a big horse show and an indoor. Tell us a little bit. I know it's been a couple of years, but tell us your experience there and like how logistically you guys have figured it out. Uh, you know, logistically, you chip into the Prince Charles Equestrian Center. And after that, I believe DJ Johnson actually does the shipping uh, from there and shuttles everybody into the show. I think one of the biggest things about the show that I actually love is that it is in the city. There is an atmosphere during the Grand Prix and the other night classes and that is at times hard to find in the U.S. Mm hmm. It's like when it used to be at Madison Square Garden in New yes. York. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's before my time, but from what I've heard. <laughs> I never got to go, but I just heard it was very similar. So I'm same thing. I actually before my time a little bit. So, but I heard it's very fun. So just logistically kind of a little bit interesting to have that people that aren't horse familiar, because most people that go to horse shows are always, you know, kind of there because of the venue and being in the city would be awesome to have people come in from honestly the streets. So, and am I thinking of a different, I, I think I'm thinking of the right show. Isn't the stabling outside? So you kind of have to walk through some of the streets to get to the venue or is, am I thinking of, am I getting confused? From what I remember, the stabling is in the middle of the street. Oh, Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought I saw a picture of last year. It's like a, just an asphalt street and then some temporary stabling put up. It was crazy. Okay. I'm glad I'm thinking of the right show. I have a, I do have a question about specifically Washington because I, I live stream it every year. Uh, I'm a hunter rider, so I, it's, it's just a great show to watch, but I'm always amazed at some of the bigger classes that they host in that indoor. I mean, it's a, it's a, a, a huge arena. It's where like the Capitals play where they won the Stanley cup, you know, right in DC. But do you have any tips on how you train your horses to, to jump in an indoor? Cause it feels small when you it see the horses so go around. It looks so small when you see that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for sure. It's tight. Uh, and the warm up. actually, I think the warm up is the, is the a bigger challenge when it comes to that event. 
I think the the ring is uh, is a tight yes, but it's big enough to if you're a little bit aggressive, get on the rhythm that you need to be, and just think a little quicker. You know, but uh, I think a good warm up technique for me has been that I have a little bit of a small indoor myself in uh, mm. North Salem. It's actually it's a nice schooling size, but you know if you set up a few proper fences in there, you very quickly get the feeling. Huh. So I think that's invaluable for my horses going there that they uh, they aren't too caught off guard by that. Do you have to, I mean, I'm sure that there's some horses that you would take to a show like Washington with that smaller feeling indoor and the atmosphere versus a horse that you would take to maybe try on with a lot of atmosphere, but it's all outside. Is that something that you have to kind of take into account as you're making your schedule or are they all pretty capable of being pretty flexible? Uh, absolutely. I have two horses that are owned by uh, Swede Ventures and the one is Quinta 106 who did uh, the the World Cup qualifier last week in, at Gold Cup. And then I have another horse, uh, Chicago, who uh, jumped a very good Grand Prix in Balmoral in the five-star. I'll be taking Chicago to try on for the five-star, and I'll be, be gearing Quinta towards Washington just because I think the environments are more suited towards their strengths and weaknesses. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, do you... Sorry, hang on one second. Um, do you... Have you ever... Uh, we we have an article in our October issue about the history of like the puissance comp- competition. Is that something you've ever done even casually with your horses? Actually, no, I've never really had the opportunity. I haven't had the, I think it's a little bit of a special horse that needs to do that event. Yeah. yeah only certain horses would want to go jump that. Only certain people yeah. too. Like I can't even, I, there's no way that I would ever participate in that. I'm sorry. I think it would be thrilling, absolutely. Thrilling. <laughs> I think it'd be Better so much fun. It'd be, but only, like you said, only on the correct doors, not any horse, but just the correct <laughs> one. It's crazy because yeah. uh, Washington is the only horse show in America that still offers that class. It's sort of interesting to see it kind of going away, even though it's really entertaining to watch. Didn't Grand Central or, or Central Park, sorry, Central Park do that last year and the year before? and Or did they not hold that event? Hmm. I not, think they're they, not like, doing the show this year, but right. Maybe it's this year is the only um, Washington is the only one, but that's a good question. I'm not sure. It looks like they did do it. Yeah, it was a fifty thousand dollar puissance, and they did it for the two years that it was there. Didn't Andy Coker tie with uh, McLean or something for that? Yes. Last year? Yeah. That actually, yeah, that sounds. Yep. Huh, interesting. Okay. As soon as you said that, I was like, yes, they both wrote at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And we wish you such good luck at Tryon and at Washington and all your ventures with your horses this year. So thank you so much for taking your time and good luck in Ohio this week. All right. Great. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. I have a question for you guys, and it's going to be a long winded one. So <laughs> hang in there. So, you know, obviously we've talked about internet trolls in the past and how mean people can be on social media and how easy it is to kind of to judge people from afar based on an Instagram video or something you see on Facebook. But I wanted to to bring up this topic, which I think is really uh, poignant, for, especially in, with within our horse world, is when you when should you speak up on social media? Because there's this one side where, you know, we've been taught over years 
through the USCF and through our trainers, uh, when you see something that's wrong, you should say something. But when is it appropriate to post something about that on social media, like on your Facebook, on your Instagram, whatever? And when is it just being like, are you contributing to like being an internet troll, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I... I have a lot of opinions about that topic. I mean, I think that there's definitely a social media has become the biggest platform, I think, for anybody to have a voice who's not necessarily like a celebrity or something like that. But, um, you know, I remember Doug, you know, brought up, I don't know if any of you guys probably at least saw some of it, but there was a fence on the cross country course at WEG that was causing a big stir. And a lot of that stir came from Doug making a post and saying like, Hey, this wasn't what was supposed to happen. Like the safety issue, safety is an issue for this fence. And, you know, we're kind of on a world stage here, you know, so I want to speak up and say that this isn't okay. And they actually were, you know, the, the org, the chorus designer, Captain Mark Phillips, you know, he ended up going back and putting in more, a little bit of a ground line to kind of help. We should mention that Doug is uh, on the safety committee for the USCA. Right. So he has a lot of, um, I, sorry, I left that out, but he, he's not, you know, not only is he experienced writing at this level, but um, he also is a member of a lot of these committees and task forces. So he's very involved in the safety aspect of the sport. And so it's, you know, there's definitely some, a lot of authority coming from that, which is, I think a huge part of it. I think if, if I would have gone up on my soapbox and put that up there, it may not have been as well received because people would have immediately said, well, who are you? Cause you're not a four-star writer, blah, blah, blah. You know? So, you know, I think, um, I think there is a benefit to it, but I think you just have to really ask yourself what the, what you're trying to accomplish by that post. You know, I think Doug was really trying to accomplish something and not necessarily just fuel a fire, you know? Well, and I think there's, yeah, like you said, there's two different types. Like everybody wants to go on their rampage, like on social media and go, let me just say my piece, blah, 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 blah. And use this as a platform politically with the horses, anything else. And sometimes it's like, okay, maybe it's best just to keep those words to yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for us, like as being in the like public eye a bit, we try to keep most of it actually under wraps. Like we don't like to try to post controversial things on social media. And in that situation, we actually felt like if we didn't say something in our minds, we we're like, okay, and Doug posted it, but he's like, if I don't post this, I'm not doing my job as part of the safety committee. Because what most people don't realize, like everybody had their own opinion. Um, if you guys would like to go back as listeners, it was a very airy jump. And it wasn't that the jump looked airy. There are guidelines in the USEA that states that kind of fence has to be frangible pinned or like on the MAM clips, all that, or it has to have a ground line, some sort of like little flower, anything. And what was kind of really weird, I know Mark Phillips went on a whole tangent on some podcast that like, you know, social media made him change it and blah, blah, blah. And yes, the competitors can say something. They can absolutely say something. I don't know if they did or not. We weren't riding there, so we weren't kind of able to say something. If we were riding there, we would have not taken it to social media. We would have said something. But Doug's like, in the pictures that were drawn on the map, Mark Phillips put flowers underneath the picture. And then he just didn't put them on the fence. And it wasn't because there weren't any, it was because he said, oh, well, I really just want the fence. I don't know what his reason was, but Doug's like, look, I'm asking for you to make it a little bit safer. These are the guidelines in the USEA. You're in the United States. 
I think you should follow them. And bottom line, that's kind of what he felt. And he was like, look, if you guys followed or not, but I don't want to review this footage and say, we should have done this. And that's where I think social media could help is like, okay, look, if you feel so certain about something and you feel like you need to say something, that's where I feel like you should use it. As long as it's not just picking kind of like, you know, chipping off just to piss things off. It's that is actually something that's going to make sense. Well, and Doug and Doug has a platform, and I in that instance, I thought that was very important, and uh, and Doug made the right decision because he's someone people admire. He he is posting a place of authority. You know, he he is on the safety committee. He knows what he's talking about. It's more than just like a you know like a keyboard warrior. You know what I mean? Like yes, someone it's not just, like posting on the Chronicle forums about something that you're just not happy about somebody, you know? Yeah, like, no, that's I don't a like this very person. different situation. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, um, I, I, and I think honestly, as a reporter, as someone who works in the media, like those are the types of posts, like what Doug posted that to me, that warrants a story, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause this is a credible person who is expressing concern. And I, I, I think at that point, that is a, a credible story. And that brings, you know, that furthers that conversation and that's why it's kind of a shame to like listen to these comments and not have other writers backing it like it was a little bit you know we got a bit of backlash from it and it was a little bit like in my opinion obviously everybody's entitled to their own but a little bit uncalled for I'm like don't you want the safety of it like these writers weren't riding there everything else but they just kind of were like negative about it and you're like why wouldn't you want this? You're not even jumping it. Why would you not want this to be safer? And so, you know, it all worked out in the end. Everything jumped well at that fence. They did add, I will say they did add a couple flowers or a flower pot or something underneath it to make it a little bit more of a ground line. But in those kind of things, like it kind of shocks me, you know, when somebody kind of jumps up to go on the bandwagon the other way and you're like, really? Like this is about the safety of the sport. And you want eventing to keep being safe. Absolutely. It's not even like it's something that he was speculating on either, which I think is another big thing is like when you don't know, you know, both sides of the story, you don't know what happened. It's really hard. It's really easy to fall into that territory of just speculation and spreading rumors. But this was something that it's like, here's the guideline. Here's the resulting fence. Here's the drawing of the fence where it looks different you know there's a there's a clear ground line on the drawing the ground line uh, had a couple you know, so there's, ground lines yeah and there's just you know I think when you have hard evidence like that and you know the other thing too is like yeah I mean absolutely safety should be par- paramount to to for everybody you know it should be the utmost concern for everybody and um you know we have people that are worried about the dilution of the sport and absolutely it down but I think that you know, look at Captain Phillips' Burley course. I think it was one of the best in recent years as far as safety is concerned. So, I mean, it's definitely going in the right direction, but we can't have, we have, it's got to be across the board. It's got to be everywhere, you know? And that's when I find like social media is so useful. It is when it's got those platforms that you can use it to be constructive and say like, let's make a change. Let's help this. It is very useful. And I think you're right. Like when you have somebody like Doug that can go and, you know, he's on all these committees. He can st- like he can state all these different rules and guidelines and everything else. You're like, look, here are the facts. This is I'm just asking you to follow the guidelines and the rules that we have stated for the safety of the sport. Yeah, I mean, the problem is 
It's so easy for that to get diluted because everyone has an opinion and everyone thinks that their opinion is worth something and Mm -hmm. not to discredit people who feel passionate about a topic, but that's, that's the problem with social media is it gives everybody a platform. And I just, I wish people had a little bit more tact sometimes because believe me, especially again, as a reporter, like what people want to comment on and, and tell you why you're, why you're wrong. I mean, we live in a time where people are just like, you just wish people would do their research almost. Yeah. And, and people just, you know, they, they look at the world through one lens and if you're not looking at it through their same lens, then you're wrong. And that's just, that's not the beauty of the world. And especially this country that we live in in America. And I just, you know, social media is, is, is great. It's changed the world in many wonderful ways, but it's also, I think people need to not take it so seriously sometimes too, you know, but for dog, I could totally see how that was a wonderful platform. And in this, in that specific instance, it made a difference and, and an important difference. It changed something. It had an impact. Absolutely. And to state, like, I'm not sure that it would have made a difference how it jumped, but guess what? Not one horse had a fall there. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. That goes to state that at least, you know, maybe it worked for one horse and, We'll never, you know, you'll never know, but at least there was not a, I wish I would have said something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I do agree with that. So it's our favorite time. And I guess we won't make Sally go first. <laughs> Justine or I will go. I feel like she is off the newbie list and she doesn't have to go first every time, but it is our favorite Rose and Thorn. Justine, are you ready or you want me to go? I think I can go. You can go? Okay, I can't wait. I mean, (laughs) I can probably guess one of yours. Let's hear it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, I will start with my rose. So today was like my official first day back from my vacation from Iceland. And it's been a very eventful one because my damn horse was having trouble sweating again. But I um, knew it. I knew it. Oh Oh, my god. I thought he was better. I thought he was better. But he is. So, so anyways, so like very quickly before I left, it's really hot in Florida right now. It's October, man. And it is, um, we're like breaking heat record indexes right now. It's like 92 degrees is the high. So it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, if you don't believe in climate change, (laughs) I'm going to internet troll you. I'm going to internet troll you. (laughs) Move to Florida. Move to Florida. (laughs) But anyway. Anyways, um, so anyway, so I went to the vet. I had like, so I've been gone all this time from work and I came home and I freaked out on my poor boss and was like, I have to take my horse to the vet. Sorry. He comes first. Please don't fire me. But anyway, so my horse is fine. He went and got some acupuncture today. He's feeling a lot better. Thank God. But so I I had to go to work today. Like after I, you know, hooked up the trailer, drove the horse to the vet, had his session, drove him home unhooked the trailer, did all the things. And so I went into work. Literally, I didn't even change. I just went right into work. So I'm wearing my um, Kentucky three-day hat, which is disgusting because I wear it at the barn all the time. I'm wearing a one horse threads tank top with a different colored sports bra under it. And there's, I literally just picked hay out of my bra during this podcast. Like, You look so professional. It's unbelievable. And I'm wearing shorts i i texted my boss and i was like do you care if i wear shorts to the office because otherwise i'm gonna have to go home and change and made it sound like it was this horrible terrible ordeal so i'm coming you know i was like i'm coming to the bar i'm coming to the newsroom in shorts i hope you're okay with it and he was like uh okay <laughs> and in, 
And I'm wearing paddock boots with, with tall boot socks. That's how I would oh go with socks. I mean, with shorts, with shorts. And uh, I just wrapped like a blanket around my waist while I was sitting in the, in my cubicle, but they were cool with it. I had clearly had a long day. Like, so I thought long your day. rose was going to be Mikey, but your rose was really that you got to go to work in all your short clothes. <laughs> you got to go into a corporate professional office setting, complete like in shorts and paddock boots in in my barn get up and they didn't care which was wonderful i mean i'm pretty sure they would be mad at me if i do it again tomorrow but i got <laughs> tomorrow just go in slacks and you'll be fine gosh. yeah so my thorn would probably be the awful southern texas accent i tried <laughs> <to accomplish laughs> earlier in this episode and i'll give it one more shot just for you Jeff. <laughs> okay let's go let's go one more time hey just pain <laughs> I'm doing my rose and thorn. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Sally, you have to go because I'm not going to make you. No. I think that we should make Justine read her or do her rose and thorn in a different accent every week. And then at the end of the year, we'll just stack them all up against each other. Okay, so let me think. My rose, oh, my duh, my rose is that Kyle is coming home this weekend. Yay! Yay! For like two days, but it's cool. He was able to get some leave and come up for like, I guess they would have had Monday off because it's Columbus Day. So they would have had that pretty much off anyway. So he comes like late Friday night and then he leaves, I think, around noon on Monday. So we have like a nice little short weekend together. So I'm super excited. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've been spending it all day. Not all day, um, but I've been spending a major part of my day. We're both like such major sports freaks that there's so many sporting events happening this weekend that I literally had to go on and make a schedule for everything because there's just too much. Happening. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we watch a lot of sports in my house. Like my, my thorn. What? Your thorn's going to be you had to buy four TVs for each yeah, side of the no, wall. I, I'll post a picture in the podcast lounge of my living room right now. I'll just make that my thorn. My living room is just a giant mess because I have two TVs set up so that, like, for college days, I can watch two college football games at a time. And then for, like, this Sunday, we have, like, he's a Falcons fan and I'm a Chiefs fan. So they both play at 10 a.m. So I oh. have one on one TV and the other on the other TV. <laughs> But uh, the, my poor, the girl that's staying with me, my poor friend was like, and my poor dog was watching me um, watch the Monday Night Football game this week. And like, my dog was like, Cooper was scared of me because he thought I was just mad, which I was in some, some aspects. I just like spend a lot of time screaming at the TV. So um, there's probably Snapchat evidence of that somewhere. Speaking of social media. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So I guess that'll do it for me. What about you, Jess? So my thorn is that I still am going to have to teach Justine how to do a Southern accent <laughs> because that's unbelievable. I mean, I have to say that was actually better than your reading of Nana. It was better. Yes. It was much better, but we will do some <laughs> off air training for you guys. But no, my thorn would be, I like, wait, like just going to whine a little bit, but I have to pack. I had to pack this week for three weeks for three different horror shows and i'm pretty sure oh my gosh and a baby and a husband oh my gosh i was like literally spent two days packing and i'm pretty sure we took our entire house with us somehow (laughs) and so 
<laughs> Some of it's staying in Jersey. The rest was going. It's such a cluster, but oh my God. that is my thorn is that I had to pack for everybody for three weeks for three different countries. I feel like this is a thorn of yours a lot. I feel like the that packing. is you guys always, are always yeah. packing for something. <laughs> I, I feel like this is actually the biggest challenged one because now I have to keep making the baby food. So I had to bring all this stuff to make the baby food. That's a whole oh other thing. Gosh. So yeah, it's something, but then my rose would be the exact opposite is that we get to go to all these different places. So I'm so excited. I told one of my really good friends that I was going on my European vacation and my husband overheard and he's like, it's not a vacation. And I was like, I'm just going to pretend it is because that's <laughs> what I'm going to call it. He's like, we're not going on vacation, Jessica. We're going to horse shows to work. And I was like, we don't have to tell anybody that. We don't have to tell anybody that. He's like, it's vacation okay. for you. Oh. Yeah, he's like, you still have to work and you still have to do all of this. And I was like, shh, we don't, we don't have to tell anybody that. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just call it what it is. So that would be my two. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Yeah, pretty. I mean, same thing, but same. Yeah, mine was too. It's cool. <laughs> it's all good. So yeah. on to, I'm still, a, if you guys are not any of our listeners, not part of our Facebook group, we have so much fun in there and I <laughs> love it. So if you're not, please go join in. I'm going to make another like plug about it. It is heels down lounge, um, on Facebook. It is so much fun and we get to get all these different questions. And this question is from Sage in the Facebook group. Has anybody ever had experience using CBD oil with horses? He's looked into the research and he's not really found much. He's checking with his vet, but he isn't the one that he doesn't think he's the only one that could be looking into this. So he was asking if we actually had any experience or any of our listeners had any experience. So, but I think Justine, you wrote something about this. Yeah. So I actually, I wrote a story a while ago for Heels Down Magazine, but also in my day job at the newspaper as a health reporter, I cover medical marijuana. So um, for those who are not familiar, CBD oil stands for, uh, I'm going to butcher this, but it's cannabinoid oil, which is uh, essentially part of the cannabis plant that does not get you high. There's no THC there. So you're not going to get like the euphoric high that you think of with pot. So don't think of this as like a dazed in the dazed and confused, like because <laughs> that's not at all what it is, but there are several cannabis based products that exist in the horse world. One is bedding. If you didn't know that, um, they actually use uh, cannabis to make a really fluffy type bedding. It's more popular in Europe, um, but it's super absorbent and really interesting. Uh, but they also use CBD oil as a type of oil or capsule or pellet for horses. Um, there are a couple of different companies. I interviewed the uh, the founders of a company called Elite 3 Hemp Oil. So hemp is another part of the cannabis plant that is again there's no psychoactive ingredients there's no it's thc it's not going to come up um in a drug test even though basically the fei doesn't test for anything related to marijuana oh wait you think we can use this and on fei horses i mean obviously we'll check with our vets but you don't think it would cause anything 
Yeah, I'm not a vet, so definitely double yeah, check. Yeah. But but the FBI doesn't test for cannabis products in horses, so no. Oh. Like and and even if it's just a CBD oil product, it would not affect your horse's mood or you know what I mean, like alter their basically any cognitive abilities. It wouldn't. So uh, you know, I I did interview a couple of inventors who use the Elite Three hemp oil products, and they did say that they noticed a difference in mood, like very moody or high, you know, high energy type hot horses um, did get like a, it was somewhat of a calming supplement, but they, most people seem to really enjoy CBD as like a fiber supplement that it's like really great on their stomachs. It's really great on as a digestive aid. It helps put weight on, but you know, even with people or, you know, this is legal for humans in many States, not everywhere yet, but it's there there's a lot of research that still needs to be done there's some preliminary data out there especially mostly from countries outside of the US but um i know it's most recently been legalized in canada but it uh there's still we're learning a lot still about cannabis but there are clearly some medicinal benefits i do think it could help horses um but i would do so at your own risk at this point because it's still a very new product I mean, yeah. Sally, Sally, do you have anything to add? Uh, no, not really. I, I've been toying with the idea of trying some with, with Cooper, with my dog for some of his anxiety, but I'm just like, I, I haven't been able to find enough research that I really trust to know that, you know, that wouldn't have any negative effects or anything like that. I think it would probably be okay. And it's, you know, something that I am open to for sure, especially living in California. Um, but I just think that that's something that you really have to make sure to do your research on because it's, it is also very trendy right now to be using CBD oil or CBD in some form, you know? So I think that's something that just because it works for somebody or somebody, you know, everybody's talking about it doesn't necessarily mean that a, it actually works or B that it's going to work for you or your horse. So, um, but yeah, I'm a huge advocate of being able to use CBD oil. I think it's got a lot of great effects for people. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that I've, I've had success treating, you know, or they've had success treating migraines and anxiety and, and all again, without the, the THC, the psychoactive, um, you know, stuff that's, that would be illegal in some States. So, um, yeah, I think it's something that I would be open to. Absolutely. I just definitely would encourage research and, and credible sources of that research too, you know, not like mom's hemp factory and why you should buy from us, but (laughs) you know what I mean? Absolutely. So. But I do think it's not harmful. It's not inherently yeah. harmful. So Never, if you wanted to, sure. if you wanted to buy a gallon of hemp oil and try it on your horse, I wouldn't be worried that it would have negative effects. It just yeah, probably, yeah. it will either help your horse in some way that you're, you know, you want it to, or it won't do anything. Yeah, you know, that's a good point for sure. So, so something to consider. Yeah. But if you guys have a, a uh, a question for us or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, you can send us an email at hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Or again, like Jess said, you can join our Facebook group, which is the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. So search for that. So also, if you want to hear more from us, you can always check out Heels Down Magazine. It's an interactive digital magazine on your phone. You can subscribe and download on iTunes or Google Play. Uh, and I really recommend you do that this month because Sally has such an amazing story about this really cool football player slash hybrid eventer, which is a really great story. I also want to say thank you to our sponsors, Redding Goat, 
and equine edibles, eco gold and smart pack. And you can always visit our website, which is heelsdownmag.com. And please subscribe to the brief, our email newsletter. All right, guys, that's it. That was a fun episode. Thanks guys. Yeah, it was. Thanks. All right. Well, cheers. time to cheers. Cheers. <laughs>